But yeah, this is part two of the Tristan McKenna conversation. So, as always, if you haven't listened to part one, please do so. It's really good. And yeah, here's part two. Good. Less, less at the start of it, much more sort of mm. letting things flow and, and seeing what works first before me criticising it, sort of thing. Yeah. What's your writing process like? So yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do a lot of brainstorming. Yeah. Um, lots of uh, lots of brainstorming. Um, I read a lot. Um, I, I try and read. I, I, I read a lot of. I, I prefer reading comedy to watching comedy. Okay. Um, As in, like reading like comedy books or yeah, yeah, Which ones are you reading at the moment? Well, so um, so it's less comedy but more by a comedian. So I've just finished Robert Webb's book. Um, okay. About uh, about oh. uh, um, boy. The, yeah, that that one. Yeah. Yeah. The about boy about one. toxic masculinity. Yes. Um, how to build. Um, how that, to build a. How to not how, be a boy. How, 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 yeah. How not how, to be a boy. How, how not to be a boy. How not to be a man or something like yeah. that yeah. yeah and it's brilliant I uh, really yeah. really really enjoyed it and there's some really good like witty bits in it so I, I was good like, you know, I, I, sort of, like I liked the story anyway I liked the funny bits um, I absolutely adore um, Alan Partridge's autobiography because I think that's a work of comic art in that yeah. it reads in Alan Partridge's voice it's incredible um, and yeah and that because you, you're reading the jokes yeah I don't know I, it, I think it ties in better with Punsmith's craft where brevity is really what you're after and the right sort of key words um, so yeah so I read a lot of stuff like that um, yeah I'm, I'm kind of, I, I have a lot of that stuff on, on Audible yeah yeah, I so, use Audible a lot as yeah, well yeah so I'm currently listening to Jim Florentine who's a okay. US comics book I've listened to um, Robert Shranga Nathan's one yes, I've got yeah. um, David Mitchell's um, David Mitchell's, David Mitchell's really older good. one lined yeah. up yeah. Uh, Michael McIntyre's one I've yeah. listened to um, like I just love hearing how the greats yeah. started out. Yeah. And even when they started out, they were shit. Yes. Yeah. My favourite comedy book that I would recommend to anyone is The Naked Jake by Jimmy Carr. I think it's a, I think it's a masterpiece. I've read it like three or four times now, and I absolutely love it. It's genuinely funny, genuinely informative. It's really helped with my comedy. I think mm. I, I really like it. Yeah. So. What was, I, what was I saying? So, what's been your best gig and your worst gig so far? Oh, right. You don't need to like mention names for the worst. No, ones, no, 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 no. Uh, so, I'll do my worst gig. So, my worst gig uh, came off the back of uh, so it was gig fourteen. Okay. Gig fourteen. I know this because gig thirteen I did um, up the creek. Um, okay. Blackout. How did you do? Uh, I, I beat it. Good for you. So I was chuffed as nuts. It was gig thirteen. I was the second person up that night. Um, so I'd barely been going I was just like oh my god I can't believe I'm doing this got up there blasted through the set got to the end and realised I was still standing and it was brilliant one of the most amazing feelings I've ever had um, and I was on that night with uh, another comedian who uh, he's a great mate of mine but I'll just leave him nameless just for the sake of the story um, but uh, really and, really and was that so this other comic was on the same night, um, and he lasted about a minute. Uh, like after, after you get two minutes, uh, yeah, the after, after he lasted, the lasted about a minute after the grace period, and then he was off. And for the record, he's an amazing comedian and yeah. a, a very good friend of mine, and, and definitely shouldn't have been voted off. 
Um, but the, the following week, Gig 14, um, I turned up and he's emceeing it. Why he emceeing the blackout? No, no, no. He was a like me, a comic at the blackout. Okay. But then he, he was emceeing a gig that I turned up to, to Gig 14. Okay. Um, and we'd, we'd had such a good laugh together at the blackout and stuff like that. And he was like, oh man, I really loved you at the blackout the other night. And I was like, yeah, I thought you should have gone through. He was like, no, but you, you were brilliant. You know, all the mutual back patting that, that comics yeah. and mates do. Um, and then it came to me going up on stage and the intro he gave me was, was stunning still one of the best intros I've ever had you know? what was so it? it was you know, like I saw this guy the other night he, he beat, the, beat the blackout oh, yeah. legend oh, no. really nice guy you're going to love him it's true McKenna oh. silence silence I mean it was tumbleweed throughout the entire thing I mean oh, proper no. proper bond um I'm quite resilient, so I, I did genuinely laugh it off. It didn't, didn't get me at all. I just no. couldn't believe like the juxtaposition of, you know, gig 13, smashing the blackout, gig 14, mm. silent. Um, absolutely shocking. Uh, so that was my worst gig. Uh, it's been the only time I've bombed. Uh, so. Do you know what? I really think that there was a lot of power in an MC's introduction to you. Yes. And when they big you up too much like that, the audience sort of can recoil. Yeah. Or can they, they can either recoil or they can either go with it. I think every uh, certainly uh, the guy's style of comedy and the other comedians who've been on. Um, I, I was I, I'm not an edge lord by any stretch, but uh, no. my jokes are a bit a bit darker at times. Yeah. Um, and I just don't think they were expecting that. And I think because his comedy had been so light-hearted and lovely, him saying, oh, you're going to love this guy, he's great. I think they were just expecting more of the same. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, yeah, so I shot both of us. But uh, that was my worst. My best one. Um, oh, let me see. I've got so many ones I've loved. I genuinely loved. Uh, but my best one was probably the other night, actually. Uh, Where was it? Uh, not another comedy night at the Grafton. Ah, oh, hello. James uh, Meakin. James Meakin. And Adam. Uh, and Adam, yep. Uh, uh, easily my favourite night on the scene. Uh, Which one was it? Kentish Town one? Uh, it was the, the Grafton. Kentish okay, Town, good, yep. Good. And I actually, and that, that, I headlined that, like proper full-on headlined it, closed it. Uh, myself and Brandon Burke were the headliners. Brandon oh, good closed stuff. the first one, I did the second. Uh, ten minutes. Uh, I loved it. Uh, I feel so comfortable there anyway. Like, you know, being mates with James and Adam helps, you know, obviously, but uh, it feels like home. You know what yeah. I mean? So getting up there, it was the last gig before Christmas as well. You know, for, for not another comedy night. Yeah. Just getting up there, the room was electric. Everything about it was great. Ten minutes just flew by. When I watched the video back later, you know, solid laughs. So I was like, yeah, brewing gig. Still buzzing from it now. That's Still good. buzzing from it. Yeah. Like, I think it's important, like where to have your your workout rooms. Yeah. So to have your rooms, especially in London, where you're comfortable with. Yes, definitely. But I also think that it's even more important to, to, get out and about. to leave London. Definitely. So I've only done Brighton. I've, I've okay. only, done, only done comedy outside London in Brighton. But that's, you know, I'm not using it as the, as the excuse, but, you know, disabled guy. Yeah. It's been a bit of a struggle for me to get yeah, around to it, places. Yeah. But this year coming, um, I, I, I really do want to, I want to hit uh, more around the UK. Um, I've been saying for a few months now um, about going to America and going to um, one of my friends, Amit. Uh, another comedian he runs a night in uh, Rio de Janeiro nice uh, so I would love to go out there and do a night with him uh, so there's quite a few like international opportunities coming up but I definitely want to sort of, like get out a bit more do Norwich do Leicester I've do got, Manchester I've got Norwich coming up in January Norwich has got an February. awesome yeah. comedy yeah. scene yeah. really awesome comedy scene uh, Leicester Manchester Liverpool um, uh, Jess Corcoran has been there to stay with me so it's about time she returned the favour <laughs> um, so yeah, so many places I want to hit this year if you can get to Manchester uh, there are two good gigs that you can get that you can get onto there's um, Kiko Gang which is on a Sunday so if you message Matty Shaw 
He's an Australian, quite a tall Australian guy. Cool. He'll probably let you get on his podcast and then you do the night afterwards, which is quite nice. And on a Wednesdays, there's Comedy Balloon run by Jason Cook, which is like one of the, which has been going about 20 years oh, wow. this year. Yeah. And it's an open mic institution and yeah. it's, no, so that's everyone, exactly, fucking, lo- everyone that, fucking loves it. That's the sort of thing that definitely want to be hitting this year. That's uh, definitely the plan. So now the, uh, I've had my treatments and stuff this year for my yeah. illness. Um, uh, and I'm already feeling better and stronger. Yeah. You know, comedy's been good to me. Um, and then January coming up, I'm going on a uh, snowboarding holiday. First one in two Are years. Are you? God, love, God bless yeah. you. Where are you going? Yeah, uh, Les uh, so Leox, uh, however you pronounce it, uh, uh, French, uh, French, um, what? Alps, French, French Alps. Alps. Yeah. <laughs> the Alps. French Alps. You're going to say the Alps. Yeah, but uh, but uh, yeah, going with my buddies again. Uh, so doing some snowboarding. So when really are you when are you doing that? January the 18th. Oh, okay, now. cool. Yeah, so really soon. So really looking forward to that. And then, like I say, you know, I want to be hitting comedy harder, I want to be travelling around a bit, so uh, as I get incrementally stronger, which I will do now the treatment's yeah. all under control, uh, this year, but 2020 is going to be a good year to, to take uh, take my comedy up north yeah. and see how it goes on up there. Like, well, I think it's important because, not, not is it just getting your name out or whatever, but it's understanding how other people around the country think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because in London, as we said before, it's a fucking bubble. It's a fucking bubble. Yeah, yeah. it really, really is. There's a, a lot of... Uh, comedy down here in London and I, I would never say to any of the comics out there as I, as I hope as I've made clear through about this chat actually you know, everyone who, who does comedy has got my respect straight away yeah it's such a hard thing to do really take some balls to get up there and do it and everyone should try it out you know, yeah certainly before they ever critique another comic yeah you know, should have a go themselves saying that <laughs> there are a lot of comics down here in London uh, I don't think you'd see anywhere else no I don't think you would see them up north and I don't mean that rudely to those comics but the things they are talking about aren't necessarily of that much importance to yeah. people. I, I've lived up north here. I lived in yeah. Manchester. You know, I, I just know it's different up there. Um, so yeah, you know, London is its own comedy bubble as well. And, and yeah, I want to start getting out there because I want to see what some of the comics up north are, are joking about no. and stuff like that. Well, let's just say no one gives a shit about the tube in no. Manchester. No one gives a shit. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And man spreading on the trains. Yeah, you know, this isn't a thing up there. But uh, but down here, it's literally like every second joke. So no, it would be nice to get up there. And, and actually hear some new comedy as well actually like hear what they you know get, get out of the stand-up like, bubble of london yeah it's quite nice to um i think it's quite nice to go into the little country little villages and do comedy there yeah because even in the big cities they're quite metropolitan yeah whereas if you go to like the if you go to um a village of like 100 and something people and Everyone goes to the. Everyone goes down for the monthly company night to the local pub. Yeah, yeah. That's what I think. That's more amazing. The idea terrifies yeah. me, but I do. Yeah. I would do it. Yeah. <laughs> I did one. Yeah, I did one the other week, a couple of weeks ago, where in Berkhamsted, where I was like, oh god. I'm going to be only. I'm probably going to be the only coloured guy in there. This is going to be a problem. <laughs> Those, but they were absolutely lovely. Yeah. See, were, I, I, I've done the reverse of that. In there. I did it in London. Didn't yeah. it in there. I did a gig in Lewisham. Oh, uh, I did Elements Comedy. Uh, a brilliant comedy night run by um, Kazim Jamal Edwards. He's, yeah. he's just absolutely brilliant. I mean, I think he's, really, he's come. He's coming on the uh, Kazim Jamal. He's, I think he's coming on the podcast. Is it? God, good stuff. Kazim is awesome. And he really, yeah. really, really, really is awesome. Um, so yeah uh, anyway he'd invited me to do uh, this Lewisham gig 
uh, which we did. And uh, for the record, like I'll, I'll straight up the same one of the best gigs of my life. It was a great night. But when I was there, I was the way I present myself on stage and stuff. I, I've got I wear a lot of tweeds and nonsense like yeah. that. Um, and I, I was I wasn't the only white guy in the room, but I pretty much no. was the only yeah, white guy. Yeah. You really, you know what I mean? Um, and the whole the whole audience was like big black aunties and stuff. And I was nice. like, shit, I do abortion jokes. Like this is not going to go well. They loved it. They absolutely nice. loved it. It was such a warm and welcoming and awesome environment. It like to do those jokes. Yeah, yeah, it was mad. It was uh, such a, a brilliant time. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd love to do the village thing as well. But yeah. <laughs> uh, so how do you find roast battles? Love them. Ah, oh, good. Love them. Done two now. Uh, did James Meakin and then uh, Friday just gone. I did Gary Walsh. Ah, oh, okay. So how did you do them? Uh, so James Meakin, I lost two one. Uh, so I like Meakin one two one and yeah. Gary Walsh I beat the other day two one. Okay. Uh, so I've lost one one one. Okay. Uh, yeah, it was great fun. I mean, both of them, both of them are brilliant comics. Two, two of my best friends on the scene. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I was nervous as hell the first time. Yeah. Second time I was feeling a little bit more confident. So I think that's why I had the edge on Gary on the night. But uh, yeah. But he, he wrote some blinding jokes. Absolutely blinding jokes. Yeah, I love it. It's a really good joke writing uh, experience. Little joke writing experiments, isn't it? Mm. It's, uh, and you don't, you don't get a chance to practice them. It's like you know. Our sets we do again and again and again to hone them. These things you, you're probably only ever going to say once. Yeah, that's weird. Love so, it. <laughs> for me, like, I understand the appeal of it, and I really want to go and watch one, but I just don't think at the moment I'm in the mindset where I can actually do one of that. Makes sense. You, you need the right person to go up against as well. Like, I've seen a few people uh, go up against people where they you, you can kind of tell that they've just sort of been more been randomly allocated. Um, I've done two now on both occasions like, and the video's up there you know, this isn't made up but on both occasions the judges have commented about the warmth they could see between me and the other ad or the yeah. other ad to me because um, we're mates you know, yeah. me, when James and I went up there we're mates we're slagging each other off on stage yeah. but we're mates look out myself and Gary the other night we're mates and it comes across sometimes you, you see people up there and they're comics who have met on the scene and thought it would be a good idea to get a backlink because they both wanted one um, you, you need more than that you, you need yeah. the right partner you need somebody that you can rip into and that when they rip into you back that you find funny you know what I mean it's got to be yeah it's got yeah. to it's got to be brutal but light hearted from what yeah. I've, from what I, I've seen. seen too many where the other comics say like one, uh, comic A says about comic B's racial heritage um, and it's just not uncomfortable because obviously you can see that they're friends up there but it's like uh, this isn't is that know, the only thing you know about them yeah basically spot on that's, that's what I'm trying to get to that's what I was, I was struggling into that's what I mean yeah it was, they're, they're those sort of attacks yeah. and you think I want a bit more you, know, I don't want it, I don't, you don't want it so niche you know hey this is my friend James he really likes blah 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 there's no way the audience would know but there's other things that you can sort of go for so even though I'm a disabled comic and, and I talk if people see me they know I talk about disability when I went up on stage the other day the only thing that really said that I was disabled was my walking stick yeah. but both Gary and James went into full on MS jokes cleverly yeah. well written MS jokes which shows you know, it's not just a surface like oh Trim's disabled he can't run or anything yeah. like that it's a, it's a null and, and the jokes land better if there's a a bit more feeling behind and a bit them. more nuance to yes it. yeah yeah in my opinion that's only my opinion I, just I feel, think that's yeah. most people's opinion yeah better. I hope so <laughs> I hope I'm not too wrong about comedy I think uh, yeah yeah no it's uh 
yeah, I think uh, you should definitely have a go at it. Find the right person okay. to do it. Find find something really. Uh, yeah, I want to go against. I want to go up against a girl next. Okay. Um, there's a few in my sights. There's a, a few female comedians out there. Come on, let's go, man. Um, who, are you, who are you thinking? So uh, Ellie Shaw, I'd love to. Ellie Shaw, yeah. Ellie Shaw is uh, one of my favourite people on the scene. Um, and I reckon she could give it to her that she gets. Yeah. Uh, Jess Escazani as well. Yeah. Just because I just want to know what mental nonsense would come out of that girl's mind. Um, she's hilarious. Oh, she's absolutely hilarious. Like um, even like when I've been like just wait like before then before a night starts, oh, yeah. it's always like hello. hello oh, she's ace. Hello, hello. I love her to bits. I mean, she yeah, really has brilliant. great stitches. I think she's awesome. Vanilla Holland, I'm also a huge fan yeah. of. Uh, Steph Aritone, I reckon. I reckon me versus Steph Aritone would be quite good. She's vicious. She's got a vicious old tongue in her as Steph. Uh, and again, I absolutely adore the girl. So, so yeah, you know, there's quite a few female ones out there. But yeah, they're, they're the ones that are still off the top of my head. Elaida Arden, also, yeah, yeah, some very, very good, strong female comics out there. So yeah. So where do you think the London comedy scene's going? Do you reckon it's in a positive place, negative place? Or oh God, I mean, what a good question. But uh, <laughs> what what would you have some like a well, sound almost like a non-committal answer? Um, London comedy scene to me feels a bit like university. You, you yeah. have almost like every year is a new intake. Every year, you know, you, you as as we get more comfortable and and, the, and people last. You know, I was friends with people in the early part of my like comedy bit. They they now aren't doing comedy anymore. You yeah. don't see as much. Blah blah. So it really does feel almost like university to me. Every year we graduate another step. Yeah. And whoever's left, we bond together a bit more and become sort of geeks and yada yada yada. So you end up with this progression constantly sort of happening. So you can snapshot it from different angles, and and if you'd have asked me, say, six months ago, I'd have told you the, the London sound comedy scene is toxic and miserable and vile, uh, because it was, yeah. uh, and it is, um, permanently and also not. It, it's kind of what you make it yourself. Yeah. Um, comedy attracts people who want to stand up on stage and talk about themselves. Yeah. You're going to get ego, you're going to get you know, a range of different people. Um, and, and you will inevitably end up with toxicity Flex. and cliques and, yeah. and all that sort of stuff. But on the whole, um, in the year and a half I've been sort of doing it, uh, I like it. I think yeah. it's very supportive. I think uh, it's very easy to fall down little rabbit holes into the toxic yeah. pools, but it's very easy to climb out of them again. That's right. Um, the scene's big enough that you don't even you, you don't even have to consciously avoid anyone. No. You know, you, you can almost just like just you know, go get on with it and not see them anyway. Um, yeah. Uh, I like it. I'd recommend it. It's yeah. a, I know that sounds like an odd sort of turnaround. So I mean, uh, it, it's a very strange, toxic, crazy ass environment it filled is. with some really lovely people. It is. <laughs> um, it's very easy to get hung up on the obvious cliques, which are yeah. apparent in the yeah. London comedy scene. But there's enough comedy nights Spot on. where they aren't been run by the people who are in the cliques exactly exactly and then people from the various cliques will yeah. walk up and, and i'm always friendly and polite yeah to that's it. I encounter um it, it it it's like being at school it's like being at university there's kids who think they're, they're cool there are bullies there are geeks so you know it's it's it's, it's, it's all there you know it's a, again it's a wonderful little i said it earlier about prison but i suppose comedy and prison are very similar yeah um, well, it, a little microcosm of the world well it's because we were the weirdos in school. We, yeah. I mean, some of us were more respected than others I was but, a weirdo yeah, yeah I was a weirdo, weirdo but um, but it's it's that same thing like in any in any in any community or any society there are people who are going to climb to the top a little yeah. bit and they're going to look down on the others who are sort yeah. of middling at the bottom yeah. and, and it's about how those of us in the middle are at the bottom that's right you know there's a because because again it's you know this is London it's quite a lonely city um, you get quite a lot of young people on the comedy scene. Um, you end up with a lot of this sort of, you know, 
what happens in schools and, and even offices I'm sure where you know, basically they're all hooking up and they're all sleeping with each other and then they're all falling out and stuff like that it's like a little soap opera I don't get involved with it no. I'm too old for that nonsense of course me so too. I don't so it doesn't so you can get involved in it and then and I hear I've had conversations long conversations with friends of mine in the comedy scene who have been involved in something that's exploded in the comedy scene and, and I just sat, sit there and think well you can choose not to be part of it yeah. and, st- and it doesn't cost you anything it hasn't cost me gigs it hasn't cost me my experiences in comedy you know, I've had some great experiences in comedy I've had a wicked time I don't need to be part of that no. by choice you know, and it's fine but unfortunately people yeah. love drama oh god of course they do yeah. and, it, and it creates material it's yeah. wonderful <laughs> not good material no not good material but that's just, just standard material about Tinder and stuff but oh, I, oh, do you know oh, what I don't, no, I don't think I've ever done a Tinder joke no 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 I, I, I don't do that. I've never been on a dating app if I'm honest so, oh no. good for you yeah, no, I've been single a year now ladies uh, <laughs> not, not going on the dating apps no interest um, no. I'll meet people the old fashioned way it's fine talk to people it's much fun nice way of doing it so what advice would you give to someone who's just starting out keep gigging uh, yes. keep, keep gigging it's uh, people people concentrate too much on writing in the early days uh, which I really think is uh, how to phrase this because uh Writing jokes is obviously the, the art form of, of comedy, but, but performance is really important. And if you've got to a, a point where you can get up and you know, you're going to do five minutes, even if it's the worst material you're ever going to write in your comedy yeah. career, don't get rid of it quickly. Keep doing it, keep plugging it, keep tweaking it, yeah. and concentrate on the performance to do at least 100 gigs. You so. see, I wish I'd had that advice much earlier than I did because... I didn't really start doing that until I got a negative review in Edinburgh. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then I thought, okay, I yeah. need to actually start performing yeah. the material as well. Because that's what one of the things I said. Um, his performance is, if things would have been improved, if his delivery was there and his perform, and if he had more charisma. Yeah. So, Very unfair review. Um, I've met you, I've seen your comedy, your comedy is great, but I think we can both, we're both grown up intelligent adults. Yeah. You can yeah. see what they mean to an of extent. Of course, yeah. That this is the thing I, I've seen I've seen comics now in the year and a half I've done it uh, who've been doing the, going the same amount of time as me and they're already on their third or fourth new material as far as I can see it you know what I mean it's like a whole new set yeah. and they're funny and they are good don't get yeah. me wrong and they really really are good but I never I've never seen any of those polished I've never seen you know, I'm not saying mine is by any stretch but that's the whole point of what I'm trying to say I suppose I've seen people abandon ship almost just yeah. as it's getting good Yeah. and it's like you know, I'm really that's the fifth time I've seen you do that and it, it was great I'm, I'm hardly reaching that point now people are just switching the material too quick Yeah. Um, I, I genuinely think um, I think writing should be an iterative process yeah. not a sit down and rewrite yourself a new set no, process no, no, no. Um, so I describe it like the ship of Theseus or Trigger's Broom for the, mm. the comic fans out there who know they're only fools and horses um, <laughs> so Trigger's Broom um, yeah, yeah, Trigger's had the same broom for 12 years yeah. he's changed the head four times and the handle six times yeah. it's like ah brilliant it's not, you know, yeah. that's what it should be like so I'm the set I now do is nothing like the set I did but it's still the same set technically it's uh, over the 90 gigs I've done yeah. tweak jokes drop jokes added jokes tweak jokes drop jokes done that, done that. until now the set I'm currently at is unrecognisable from the set I started with yeah. but that's not how it's felt to me because every time I've gone out I've only done a small change to the performance a small change to the joke that's definitely worked better for me um, that's the advice I'd give someone be more yeah. iterative than the more sort of like well, I've done this five twenty times I'm going to do a new five like no no god no no don't like, <laughs> like yeah um I think yesterday 
I went and did something specific. Went and did and got went and got an experience specifically to build on my current set. Yes. And I got so much more writing yeah. out, so much more writing out of it from having actually experienced what I was talking about. So usually because before it was just from word of mouth from other people. Yep. And turns out the thing that other people hated, which I was talking about, was that I hate just as much, even if not even more. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> it's this lovely iterative process isn't yeah. it, of testing it and testing it, but testing it in little bits, testing little bits, um, and also record everything. Yeah. Any any new comics starting out, get you know, get your phone out, record it, yeah, film it if you can. I mean, I see a lot of people just doing audio, which is good. You know, good. You, you can hear your jokes. But you, you, need to see, you need to watch the performance. You need to watch the performance as well. Some of the best jokes. Are in my set now and I say best goes you know I'm a very amateur stand-up but I, I love what I do um, and I, I'm, a, I'm a disabled guy I'm quite a chunky boy I, I wouldn't describe myself as a physical comic um, but I'd say two or three of my jokes that were, that were good like hits before anyway have been improved just with how I stand yeah. or how I crouch yeah. and daft as it sounds just watching that back and seeing how the audience reacts to those movements made me realise actually how much more of a physical comedian in inverted commas I need to be Yeah. because they actually empathise your jokes better um, so re- record it film it if you can um, but but yeah don't just record it audio yeah, you do want to watch your performance as well I'd probably say record it and film it yeah um, but whether it was a good or bad gig, forget about it by 11am oh, the next it. day. Yeah, got to, you've got to do that. You've got to do that. Um, I delete them. Uh, videos I like I put up uh, for people to watch. Videos I don't like I watch back a few times, make sure I've got notes from them, and then I delete them. So you don't want to have to keep reliving that experience. No. Um, I, I bought a video from Funny Feckers, one of our favourite places to gig, because yeah. the, the video uh, they used to do. Um, and, and he I still paid, does it, doesn't he? No, oh, no JC's do done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's stopped now. Okay. Um, Less said about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, pause it. Yeah. 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 Back to, yeah, so that's, yeah. That, no one knows really about <laughs> that story. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but, so Wes yeah but, is a, but Wes is a great guy. Wes is a great guy. Philly Effects is a great night. Um, but, yeah, I deleted the video. Um, I paid five quid for it, watched it once, and went, ooh, because the performance was so bitter and angry uh, I, I clearly had a bad day was it landing or was anything landing or yeah was to be fair I got laughs but I didn't feel I deserved it when I watched the video back it really made me feel quite uncomfortable like yeah. the, the way I performed it uh, so I deleted the video because I didn't want to dwell on it and, and since then I've, I've never had a performance like that again um, but I didn't I, you know, don't dwell on it yeah let it go no. let it go immediately there's no such thing as a bad gig you know even like uh, in gigs I, I've, I've talked about more where I bombed and everything I learned from it that's it you know, that's, the, yeah, that's what you got to do yeah you've got to learn from it. you're not going to learn from the great ones what the great ones will do is encourage you to reach higher and yeah. to work harder and the bad ones teach you what you need to do yeah and that's and then the both work in tandem you've got to have both you've got to do both so, I mean yeah. if you have too many bad gigs if you have yeah. bad gigs but if you have like 80 bad gigs that means you ain't maybe, learning maybe it's yeah. you're not learning and maybe yeah. it's just not yeah, 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 I'd agree with that. Yeah, Does that makes sense. Yeah, you've, got, you've also got to. I mean, the best piece of advice to give to anyone for anything, not just regarding comedy, and it sounds so defeatist, but it's not, is knowing when to give up. Yeah, knowing when to, you know, and, and knowing and not feeling bad about giving up either. No. that's what I mean. Like knowing that it is the time to go. No, you know, I'm yeah. not doing well at this, or I'm not yeah. enjoying this. Yeah, you know, whether it be anything, whether it be stand-up comedy or the relationship that you're in. Yeah, you know, learning when to stop doing something it's, it's something that sadly we don't learn until we're a bit older but uh certainly as a 40 year old I, I really recommend to people 
assess the situation, reflect on yourself and go, am I enjoying this? And if you're not, stop. Yeah. It doesn't have to be forever. You can come back to it. You might enjoy it. it later on in the future. But stop. Don't keep pushing yourself. Don't don't make it to a point where you can't stand what you're doing anymore. Mm. You, know, you shouldn't get to that point. Yeah. So have you started doing paid gigs yet or not? I've had a couple of paid ones. Nice. Um, a couple of paid MC spots, um, which has been nice. Uh, but I... I you know the amount of money I've invested into my comedy with yeah. my, my, my various courses I've done um, I've, I'm nowhere even near making a, right. a, a dent on the back the way I like to think of it is I, we get paid but we don't make money no I say we get paid with stage time we get paid with laughs you know it's, it's, you've got, you've got to get I know I'm saying business. with money but we don't make yeah. we don't, even if you get oh, paid they don't, money I've only got, I've made about 60 quid mate. Yeah. the first course I did was 700 pounds so I'm, not, I'm nowhere even not, near yeah. yet um, but no, no, uh, I, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't care about the money. It sounds awful because no. I know there's people out there. Where it's a big deal. So I'm not going to sound arrogant when I say it, but it's not that important to me. Um, I, I really do. You know, who else is going to let me stand up for ten minutes and tell disgusting jokes? That's you know what it. I mean? that, that's payment in itself to me at the moment. <laughs> you know, I, it's only when I start doing 20, 30 minute gigs, I, I, I think. I think I might deserve a bit of cash at that Just point. a little bit, Just yeah. a little bit, but, but yeah, no, not the moment. Well, when you start middling for... Yeah, oh, yeah. or if for Gary Delaney, that would be, oh, my, yeah, that'd that'd be, be oh, that would be my dream. Or Rob, to, or Rob Delaney. Rob Delaney's good, but I think my star matches Gary's better. Okay, fair play. <laughs> I love Gary Delaney, one of my favourites. So, segue, you hate Black Haddock. <laughs> I do, I do, I, and, it, and it confuses people, and I don't understand why. <laughs> I, so I, I don't. Do you like Blackadder? I do like Blackadder. Yeah. What do you like about Blackadder? I like the characters, and I like the writing. But don't you think, like the main character Blackadder? Yeah. And then you got Baldrick. Yeah. And Blackadder punches down on Baldrick all the time, and Baldrick's like the working class man. Yeah. Knows what Blackadder is meant to be, middle class. I don't know. But we're not meant to like him, oh, though, are we? I know, but I just, oh, I find, I've never liked, I've, even as a kid. Right, so my mum and um, I'm gonna let you literally go yeah, off on this one. My, my mum didn't like Rowan Atkinson's face. Right? This <laughs> neither is, did my mum. Neither does <laughs> my grandma. It's right? really odd. Yeah. To the point where though she wouldn't allow him to be on telly. Right? My mum was not a normal person. She did not like Rowan Atkinson. So we just weren't allowed to watch it. So when I left home, I did what anybody is has left home from a, a fairly controlling and abusive uh, background. So I let rip with everything that I wasn't allowed to do before. Um, so uh, one of the first things I did was, was watch Blackadder. I'm not even joking. It was one of the first things I did. My friends used to always go on about how funny it was. I was like, I cannot wait. Um, and I watched it. I watched the, the first series, to be fair, before Ben Elton got involved when it was just Richard Curtis. And I watched it. And I didn't like it. It was rubbish. And I think most people can agree the first series is a bit rubbish. Uh, where, uh, you know, that's the one where he's uh, Richard IV's yeah. son, isn't he? Yeah. Um, oh, God. It just felt like a, a really low-budget toss panto to me. I, I just really didn't get the first series at all. Um, and then Ben Elton came in for the second series. And again, I'm a big Ben Elton fan. I like Ben Elton. <laughs> But, oh. that's, that's kind of rare to say these days. I know, yeah, yeah. I know. It's just, I, I sound like a massive contradictions. I'm really, I'm not a contrarian by any stretch. Usually, no, I like Ben yeah, Elton as well. I like Ben Elton. I mean, I'm going to see Upstart Crow on uh, for my birthday in March, oh. uh, but I can't wait. I'm a big fan of Upstart Crow. But I've just found Black the Black Adder the Second one with Queenie and stuff like that. I can sort of get on board with that one. That one to me is my my favourite Black Adder. <laughs> right? You said one. that with such contempt. Yeah, it's like, great. Uh, that one's bearable. But it is 
a 40 towers rip off when you really watch it it really really is you know the way Blackadder's are posturing around and, and Baldrick's basically Manuel and yeah, honestly it becomes started re- I, I started really going off it when I started realising it really felt a bit like 40 towers um, which I love I love 40 towers but you don't, you don't need to remake 40 towers and thinly veneer it as something else but anyway second Blackadder you know so 16 year old me just got through the second video cassette <laughs> because it was, uh, I'm that old um, and I was like you know what okay first one was dog shit the second one though it was all right it's got to get better from here hasn't it and there's blackadder the third does anybody remember what blackadder the third is about do you know it's a regency one right no. yeah most people forget it. he's the butler to <laughs> prince uh, the prince of wales um through the regency and in one brilliant episode he says with sneer on his face uh they steal dr samuel johnson's dictionary uh, oh it's such dog shit it's such dog shit really bad and then this Blackadder goes forth <laughs> everyone's favourite Blackadder because it's about the war and there's something about being British which means that if anything anything has got the war shoehorned onto it whether it be the first or the second that's it it is it, 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 it's safe you can't criticise it it's, it's, it's the Israel of comedy <laughs> um, you, you really can't you can't say anything about it because you're gonna somebody's gonna take offence it, it, it's not a good comedy right it really really isn't a good comedy it's actually there, there was a controversy about it a few years ago about it being taught in schools and, and it was Michael Gove of all people though I hate Michael Gove but I actually do semi-agree with him on this he's like they're using Blackout to teach children in school about World War One. And it's really bad. Me and Gove disagree at this point because he went, you know, it sort of shows that there was a class divide thing and you know, the upper classes were incompetent yeah. and it was the working class who were fighting the war and stuff like that. It's like, that's just Tories worried that people have cottoned on to the fact they're snobs. But where I actually draw the line with it is uh, it, it, it really does portray trench warfare and what happened in World War One completely inaccurately like it's actually completely inaccurate even the way they, they, they all go over the top of it there's a motive scene where they all go over the top and the poppies and all that sort of stuff it's, like, it's just not how it happened you know and, and it's become now everyone's opinion on, on World War One and that's how World War One was apparently fought and it was like no it's not actually historically accurate um, I mean they, you know, I'm not going to go into a big history lesson like Alan Partridge of how trench warfare is fought but it ain't like that <laughs> it really really isn't so you've got this like mishmash of comedies it's like four <laughs> different comedies and the first one everyone forgets because it's dog shit the second one's all right and it's got queenie in it and it was brilliant the third one most people forget and that one's a bit dog shit too then the fourth one untouchable apparently because it's set <laughs> in the world uh, world war one these aren't the benchmarks of a good comedy now i had this conversation with my best mate's older brother um, and he was adamant that I was wrong. And to prove a point, he put on an episode of Blackadder. Which Which then, what series? Um, it was uh, Blackadder Goes Forth. It was the uh, Flash uh, episode with Rick Mail, where, as far as I know, Rick Mail just shouts his way through through the scene, and Good. apparently that makes him amazing. I've seen Rick Mail do better comedy than fucking Blackadder, but um, uh, Rick Mail is one of my favourites. But I think his Flash, whatever his character's name is, performance isn't one of his best. But anyway, uh, he put that on and proceeded to stare at the screen in stony silence and at the end of the episode when he was telling me how wonderful it was i just asked him one simple question why didn't you laugh and i got comedy doesn't have to be funny oh when you've seen it enough times it's just like i was like no no what you're describing there is familiarity yeah right 
and again, this is where it's so again. Blackadder, I'm sure, was hilarious in its time. I got onto it far too late. I was 16. I'd already seen other comedies like Father Ted and stuff. So when I went to Blackadder, it felt dated and a bit naff to me. And I think, especially in a medium like comedy, familiarity is is a lovely thing. It's nice to have your favourites and stuff like that. But you've also you've got to be careful it doesn't keep you stuck in a oh this is what this is yeah and and you do and I have encountered people and so but I have who who watch their comedies from their time but all the modern stuff <gasps> in these uh, no, reactions no, to that yeah oh no Frankie Boyle he's horrible he said something horrible about Kate Price's son it's like it's nonsense you know you, you, it's all rubbish um you, you, they're stuck watching one type of thing comedy is progressive comedy moves on and comedy mirrors society one of the problems. I have with modern society and, and, and I'm a big geek and I, and I love the things I love but I'm but I'm not one of these nostalgia people you know like oh everything's better in the past I feel that's half the shit that's dragged us into this political situation we're in um, and I do think Blackadder for me is like this it gets me so angry it makes me all ranty because Blackadder is this beacon of comedy that should be forgotten you know it, it, it was good it's not the fucking second coming across you know it's, it's not it, it, it's not that good. <laughs> They're thinking of bringing it back as well. They are. They should leave it well alone. <laughs> when, when, when does this ever work? I mean, what, uh, I'm trying to think. Have they brought anything back recently that was actually good? The Will and Grace revival wasn't bad. That was alright. Uh, yeah. From the little I saw of it. It was alright. I got bored of it quite quickly because I got bored of Will and Grace. It was nice that it revived in a nice way. Yeah. It was just no one was crying out for it. I um, I quite liked Full of House a little I bit. I ever watched it. I didn't watch it. No. I'm not, I don't see all the, the need for all these revivals. I, I did well, like... Well, uh, well, well, um, uh, John Stainless needs a paycheck occasionally. Oh, well, yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, they, they, they really shouldn't. People should remember, uh, like, final bit on Blackadder, I suppose. They brought Blackadder back. They brought Blackadder back to the Millennium Dome. Remember when the O2 Arena yeah. used to be the Millennium Dome? I mean, and I never went, but I... I did. It was dog shit. It was really bad. What it do you mean? Well, so the uh, Millennium Dome was dog shit. If you remember, oh, when, it, when it opened, it was like they were expecting millions of people and like 10 people rocked up to have a look at it. And it was yeah. dog shit. But one of its star attractions was this movie, uh, Blackadder Goes Forth in Time or something. It's Blackadder Back and Forth, that's what it's called. It's a movie. Have you not seen it? No. Oh, see, I'm a Blackadder completist. I hated, yeah. <laughs> I hated it its entirety. Um, yeah, there's a movie, uh, Blackadder Back and Forth. Uh, where Blackadder goes, travels through time um, and create a, a, yeah they feed a pair of uh, Baldrick smelly underpants to a T-Rex that's what wipes out like, the dinosaurs your right. face is saying it all like what this sounds awful doesn't it as I'm describing this to yeah. you it sounds awful yeah. it is but Blackadder is awful <laughs> it's no different to the rest of Blackadder it was just bad nostalgia is nostalgia has tainted your little brain but if I was to now sit you in front of the Blackadder movie you didn't know existed, I think you'd be on my well, side. The funny thing is, I brought the Blackadder box set in preparation for this because I'm watching ages, right? Yeah. But what I found is um, my my laptop yeah. doesn't even have a DVD player oh on it anymore, God. so I couldn't rewatch Blackadder in, yeah. in preparation for oh, this because you bought an old-fashioned technology. I know it's DVDs, like DVD. Yeah, I know. Become obviously, but I know, yeah, I know. Gen- there's, there's, um, have you seen Blackout of the Cavalier Years? Most people haven't seen that one either. The Cavalier Years. Yeah, it's a, it's a little special. It's, I think they did it's it for. On, it's on. It's all on the yeah. um, the remastered DVD rubbish. collection. It's absolutely got. rubbish. It's terrible. Um, the only one actually that I do occasionally like watch at, at the time of year, and it's coming up soon, is the Blackout of Christmas Carol, uh, which is kind of funny if you like 
Panto. Yeah, yeah. It, let's face it, it's back out of the Panto, isn't it? I mean, it's. it's yeah. um, I quite liked it. I thought the League of Gentlemen are behind you was much funnier. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it is better. That, okay, yeah. they brought that back and that was fine. Yes, yes. They brought that back <laughs> and that was good. That was good. It, again, I wasn't crying out for it. <laughs> no one ever is. But again, Reese Shearsmith and yeah. what's his name need a paycheck. Yeah, um, I, I mean, I love Inside Number Nine. I think more yeah. people should be watching Inside Number Nine. If anyone here hasn't watched Inside Number Nine, you need to watch the silent episode, the one with no dialogue with robbing a painting oh that is a work of comedy gold but yeah honestly Blackadder if you, if you think Blackadder was good watch the movie now that it's that, that you already haven't seen it in it's right time yeah, frame yeah. you know what I mean and it will you, yeah honestly I, I guarantee you'll be on the same page as me so if you I, like, I love asking this question yeah. right? As this is going to be really interesting because you don't like the show if you were going to re, if you were going to remake Blackadder or bring it back how would you bring it back to make it watchable for you oh I, I just wouldn't bring it back I just that's wouldn't. not an option you uh, won't think you won't do it <laughs> um I mean gosh I mean it'd have to still be historical I think I think I'd want to I don't know I'd, I, I'm right I mean I, I'm on the spot thinking I'm just improving this now I'd like to see Blackadder on the Titanic nice um, and Good. I'd like yeah. to see him die um, <laughs> I, I would I, I think uh, I think uh, weirdly enough Blackadder the third uh, is the only one where he doesn't die um, he dies in all the others if I remember rightly uh, so I think even in tradition he's got to die on the Titanic yeah um, I think he's got to make one last ditch attempt to uh, get himself onto one of the lifeboats uh, but Baldrick dressed as some kind of hideous woman uh, which I'm sure happens in every series uh, would inevitably end up surviving on the lifeboat um, and uh, yeah maybe uh, you'd have um, what's his face uh, Melchit Melchit's character would have to be some kind of captain or like seaman of some description uh, oh the seaman jokes already right themselves oh yeah of course it um, is oh yeah, they, yeah that would be what I'd do I'd bring it back I'd make it a five part serial set on the Titanic watching it sail and to, to watching it six part sorry I mean like six part from sailing away to sinking at the end of the end of the series, yeah. And there'd be a massive, big, dramatic scene at the end, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Blackadder, you know, it, and there'd have to be some kind of like, uh, uh, like Blackadder, like swimming up to a floating door with a woman on it, um, and then just like casually tipping it over yeah. and getting on the other side. Oh, there's there's plenty of room. Or something yeah. along those lines. <laughs> you want some little Titanic reference in there? Uh, but yeah, yeah, you go Blackadder, Blackadder on the Titanic. I'd I'd be happy with that. Okay, that's good. <laughs> Tristan, it's been absolutely wonderful. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Um, so, where can people find you? Uh, so, I'll be um, at the moment. I've just done all my gigs for the year. Uh, oh, online, where can I find oh, you? Oh, online, that? where you can find me. Oh, my apologies. Yeah. I'll probably be next year, like gig wise. Uh, but uh, you can find me on Facebook um, at Trim McKenna. Um, I'm also on YouTube. Uh, my channel is called Trim Trimothy. Trim Trimothy. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I've got some videos on there. But Facebook and Instagram, uh, you find me, like I say, Trim McKenna. Uh, but next year, um, I will be kicking off with some comedy in. Um, Jellyfish comedy. Uh, oh, Jessica, ask her, ask her, I can't, I can't say her name. No, yeah, Jessica, Jessica Askazani. <laughs> and Ellie Shaw's gig. Uh, they're um, so I'll be doing that in January. Uh, that's in Old Street. Yeah, that's the first gig I've confirmed. Where for is year, that? So. Where is it? Uh, oh, what's the venue called again? Uh, the the Road Trip and the Workshop. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Very good. Very good venue. Uh, lovely little basement venue. Oh, it's a basement venue. Okay, yeah, that's good. Yeah, what, really, really what day is it? What day is? That'll be a Tuesday. On a yeah, Tuesday. Okay. Yeah. That's, so that's my first one booked for the year so far. But uh, find me on Facebook. I've got all my tour uh, tour. Please make myself sound like for all my dates on there. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so feel free to have a look there. All right. Thank you for coming on. Cheers, man.
Hi, I'm Mike from the Genuine Chit Chat Podcast, where we have honest conversations with interesting people. I speak to a wide variety of guests, including CEOs of businesses, psychologists, authors, musicians, travellers, people suffering with physical and mental illnesses, and everyone in between. Where we speak about a large variety of topics, including music and movies and pop culture, but also some more controversial topics, including drug reform, political correctness, and many more. No subject is off limits. You can find us in all the usual podcast places, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts, as well as on YouTube. And you can follow us in all the usual social media places. And to be clear, I don't expect everyone listening to enjoy every episode of my show. What I do think is that due to the wide variety of guests and topics, that there'll be at least one episode that each person listening will enjoy. So if you still appreciate the art of conversation and want to hear honest conversations with interesting people, then be sure to check out Genuine Chit Chat in all the usual places.